Hello, and welcome back to Pastoral Parsha. I'm Michelle Friedman, Director of Pastoral Counseling at Yeshivat Chovevei Torah Rabbinical School. And I'm Hody Nemes, a second-year student at Yeshivat Chovevei Torah Rabbinical School. And together, Hody and I, each in each episode, will explore a psychological insight that we've gleaned from the Torah reading of the week. And the Torah reading this week, in the book of Leviticus, Vayikra, is Parshat Emor, literally translated as Say. And we're talking about chapters 21 through 24. Our theme today is going to be, what is just compensation for injury? And as we're doing in this new series, we're linking the Torah reading with a vignette. Vignettes drawn from clinical practice, from questions from rabbis in the field, and other people. So I'm going to share a story about somebody who I'm going to call Jeremy. And Jeremy is 44 years old. He's a successful businessman. He's married. He has a couple of kids. And for many years, he's been quite distantly connected to his family of origin. And one day, his younger sister, Mindy, who lives at a distance from him, contacts Jeremy and tells him that she's been working through issues in her own psychotherapy that have to do with her long-standing difficulties with emotional and sexual intimacy. And lo and behold, Mindy has put together memories of Jeremy looking at her and touching her inappropriately when she was a girl around the ages of 10, 11, and 12. She is saying that her brother Jeremy has injured her grievously. So before we find out how Jeremy responded and perhaps how Mindy can uh, deal with that response, Let's talk a little bit about the Parsha. This Parsha is Emor, which means say. And after a brief hiatus from the theme of Leviticus, which is about uh, offerings and priestly behavior that came in last week's Torah portion, Kedoshim, we are back to priests. Kohanim, right and left. (laughs) All the laws of how priests should act, and especially restrictions. They are people set apart from the larger nation, and they have additional rules that don't apply to your average Jew or Israelite. Rules for the priests around who they can mourn for, who they can marry, and how they can stay pure or impure. Additionally, we've got new restrictions on sacrifices and the laws of all of our festivals, holy days. The portion ends with a passage about capital offenses, about cursing God and about taking human lives, which are interestingly connected. And the portion climaxes with one of the most famous verses of the whole Bible. And it's a commandment, series of commandments that applies to all people, not just the priests, but all of the Jews and everybody, every human being. In chapter 24, verses 19 and 20, It says that a man who will make an injury to his fellow, as he has done, so it shall be done to him. 
שבר תחת שבר, עין תחת עין, שן תחת שן, כאשר ייתן מום באדם, כן יינתן בו. A break for a break, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. As he will make an injury in a human, so it shall be made in him. Okay, so what does this mean? Does this mean that somebody should molest Jeremy? That he should get a similar ex- terrible experience of violation? That's a terrifying thought. It, we should note immediately that the, this is one of the most famous rabbinic leaps where the rabbis say that this does not mean that you should literally hurt someone if you are hurt, take out their eye if your eye was taken out, but that you are required to pay compensation of some kind equal to the value of that eye. Right. And so, in fact, in the case that I dealt with, Jeremy, this Jeremy, acknowledged that what his sister alleged was true. This was something that he was horribly ashamed of. It was during a difficult period in his own late teenage years. He was somewhat of a troubled kid, and he did not deny in any way that he had been inappropriate with his sister. He felt terrible about it, and he, in fact, offered to pay for Mindy's psychotherapy. Wow. Now, is that a common response? Unfortunately, it isn't a common response. And while the money certainly was meaningful to Mindy, and we're using these names generically, of course, so too was the acknowledgement that what had happened, these hazy memories, these partial memories that she had, were in fact true. Because getting that validation, the recognition that somebody has been violated, has been offended, that wrong has been done, and it's been covered over by many, for many years. You know, often families collude in like they want the family to be happy. No, it wasn't such a big deal. Don't make such a big deal about it. Let it go. He didn't know what he was doing. She didn't know, you know, that it was a wrong thing, whatever. That lack of acknowledgement of their reality can make a person feel crazy. So you're saying the emo- even just the acknowledgement is a form of compensation. That's right. That's a wow. great way to put it. That acknowledgement and validation of wrong being done and somebody truly being sorry and apologizing is of profound importance. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to reconcile and start spending uh, you know, every vacation together, but it does go a long way in reestablishing a kind of respectful equilibrium. What if we want that eye? We, when we are harmed, right. we want to harm often the person who harmed us, whether in an unhealthy work situation or in a family dynamic like we're talking about. So how do you respond to someone that says, I just want to hurt, I want to hurt my brother, I want to hurt Jeremy? Yeah, I think that that's something that we, we can certainly acknowledge in ourselves and we see all the time. Like when you read about these tribal revenge things, when people will literally kill a member of the, some warring family because that's the way they're going to reestablish some kind of tense equilibrium, it's, it's tragic. It's tragic and while we can recognize the primordial impulse isn't the work of civilization, isn't the work of the Bible and really all religion to try to do better than that? 
you know, some kind of basic count to three before you act on your impulses? Uh, certainly that resonates. And I'm curious, how would you suggest responding if Jeremy, in fact, responds quite negatively? If he denies and maybe even attacks Mindy, says right. she's inventing things. And that definitely happens. You know, it's a kind of gaslighting. You know, you were always that kind of kid. You always made up stories. Oh, come on. You know, he might point really? to um, other sort of dark periods in Mindy's life. Uh, like, well, look what you did later on when you were 15 or 18. You know, you were this kind of bad girl or whatever it is. I mean, that definitely does happen. Um, and it's, it, it doesn't get better from there. Um, it really only gets kind of more impacted and the, 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 the split widens and the pain kind of multiplies. Um, and so in the situation that I was involved with, the uh, financial compensation was actually um, probably more important in some ways for Jeremy than it was for Mindy. Really? Yeah. I Why think that he felt he did what he could. He did something. He had, in fact, really undergone a process of, uh, of tshuva, of a, of a real repentance and a sorrow for having inflicted this kind of pain. And, and he'd, he'd done something tangible, it seems that's to right. me, that wasn't just in his head. Maybe he had you know, realized that, that he had to repent, but he also was doing something in the world. Right, right. And sometimes people do radically amazing things. I'm reminded of a vignette that I uh, read in a book, a very beautiful book by Rabbi Alan Liu. And it's one that I read every year between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur called This is Real and You Are Completely Unprepared. And in that book, uh, Rabbi Liu, who is wrestling with his own injuries and his own having caused injuries uh, in different ways. It's a, it's a book about preparing for the high holy days. Tells a story about meeting with a woman who was a protester um, against the death penalty. And in fact, one of her own children, a beloved daughter, had been murdered. And she had gone through a very long process of wanting revenge, of wanting retribution, of wanting her daughter's murderer to get the death sentence for which he was in jail. And she had evolved in a way towards where she didn't see how taking somebody else's life was going to be useful. And she reached out to this guy and a whole thing develops. And she wound up processing her feeling through protesting the death penalty in California. Tshuva can take all kinds of forms, but for sure, compensation, material compensation that can be made is a critical step before the process can move on. And Michelle, I'm reminded of last week's Torah portion, right. Kedoshim, where the Torah says, you should not hate your brother in your heart, but you should rebuke them. That there is something about the right. act of confronting that's actually mandated. You should confront the offender in order to not carry that hate around with you. That's for the right. Rest so of you expiate. Life. If you confront something and you find the words and you don't back away from that, but you actually do the hard work of putting what's bothering you, of bringing up something really painful, something really dreadful from the past 
there is at least the possibility of some kind of bridging, maybe even of some kind of compensation. So what I'm hearing is that as part of the, the repentance or tshuva process, really before there can be full forgiveness, some sort of compensation needs to be had. The compensation precedes forgiveness. 